0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howell. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. I want to minister on a subject. Well, let's let's do this first. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Oh, Jesus. Proverbs chapter 4, 423. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. God, help me, help us today. Another day, we cry out to you to touch us, to give us eyes to see, we really do need to see things the way you see things. And give us ears to hear. There's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of voices. But the only one that really counts is yours. Help us to tune in to your frequency and hear what the spirit of the living God is saying. And then when all is said and done, God, give us a heart to understand. So that we can walk out these truths and experience the abundant life that you have made available to every child of God. This is my prayer and I call it done now. Holy Spirit, help me because you are the great mighty teacher. So I acknowledge you now. Say something through this vessel that is yielded to you now and do it in the name of. Of the head of the church the true bishop of the church the lord jesus christ and for that we will be forever and eternally grateful in jesus name amen proverbs chapter number four proverbs 4 verse 23 my translation i'm reading from the new kings james and so if you have a traditional king james uh, the words may be slightly different but we'll end up at the same place it's just it takes out you know the these and the thou's and it, it just uses a language that is more more conducive to the kind of language that we use today look at verse 23 it says keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life so we must on purpose keep our hearts free from offense and notice what the word says. It says above all else, keep your heart with all diligence. Did you see this? This is important. This is an important thing to watch over your heart. And the word of God says that you're to keep your heart above all else. One translation says, keep thine heart above all keeping. With all diligence, keep your heart above all keeping. In other words, there's a lot of things you have to keep. But the major thing that you have to keep is guarding your heart. Oh, Jesus, is is this good? Well, let's go ahead. Give me nugget number one. Nugget number one today. Nugget number one. Well, before we read the nugget. Uh, You you need a title. The title of the message today is called protect your soul, man. Protect your soul, man. Come on, say that with me. The, The message today is protect your soul, man. Come on, soul, brother. Protect your soul, man. It's important. That you protect your soul. Why? Because out of your heart flows the issues of life. Oh, Jesus. Now, nugget number one. Let's go through these quickly. Nugget number one. Come on, let's say it together. The most important thing to watch over is your heart. Say it again. The most important thing to watch over is what? It is your heart. So that means you have to watch what you listen to. You have to watch what you sing. You have to watch what you say. Are you ready for this? And you have to guard what you see. Can can I go deeper? And you have to guard who you run with. Because hanging with the wrong people, talking about the wrong thing will affect your heart. Oh, gee, nugget number two. The heart, come on, let's say it together. The heart symbolizes the center of one's innermost being. The heart symbolizes the center of one's intermost being. Number two, number three, please. This generation, because they're not yielding to this truth, this generation has opened wide a Pandora box. I mean, all hell has been unleashed on this generation. Nugget number four. Your real spiritual warfare is between spirit and your flesh. Your real spiritual conflict is between your spirit and your flesh. Nugget number five. So your greatest challenge will be learning how to walk in the spirit. For the Bible says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the key to victory over the lust of the flesh, come on class, is to do what? Walk in the spirit. Nugget number six, and this will be the last one for today. To walk by faith is to take God at his word. To walk by faith is to take God at his word. What did we say? I can't hear you. To what? I can't hear you. Say it again. To do what? To walk by faith is to take God at His word. In other words, the faith walk is if God settles it, I believe it, and that settles it. If God said it. Can someone say amen? Ooh, is this good? Now, real quick, I just want you to turn to the uh, first synoptic gospel, chapter number 15. This is going to bless you today because you're going to discover, oh my, you're going to discover today that your greatest enemy has not been the devil. Your greatest enemy has been you. Because all of the credit that you're giving the devil, Jesus said he's a defeated foe and that he is under. Come on, church, that he's under your feet. Now, how much trouble can somebody give you when they're under your feet? At the most they can do is probably tickle the bottom or try to bite it. And yet we're experiencing all of this trouble. And I want you to see something today that I believe is literally going to change your life. Where did I tell you to turn to? Matthew chapter fifteen. Look at verse number nineteen. Matthew fifteen, verse number nineteen. Remember nugget number two: the heart symbolizes the center of one's innermost being. Look at Matthew fifteen, verse nineteen. For out of the heart, for out of the For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. Where does evil thoughts come from? It comes out of the heart. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts. Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blaspheming. Where does it come from? Not the devil, out of your heart, out of your heart. So I want you to see something today, oh God, that I pray that will literally change your life. Go to Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah, I mentioned in nugget number 3 that this generation, this generation in which we find ourselves living in today. That it has opened wide a Pandora box. I'm telling you, a box that, uh, a Pandora box is, is a box that is forbidden to open. In other words, we're opening up things that God has forbidden to be open. We're, we're, we're doing things that God said is forbidden for us to do as people of God. Uh, We are, we have opened up this Pandora box. We are saying things. That God says we're not supposed to say uh, we've opened up this Pandora box, something that is forbidden. Uh, we, we, we are uh, this generation and even the church, if we're not careful, we are agreeing with this. This modern culture, we are agreeing with things that God said should be rejected. Now, look at Isaiah Chapter five, and you'll see that this verse of scripture has become a reality in our generation. Are you in Isaiah chapter five? Isaiah five. Look at verse number 20. Buckle your seatbelt. Woe to those who call evil good. What generation, you know, that calls evil good is this generation. Let's go on and good evil people today, not in the world, but in the church, they won't have anything to do with you because you want to live right. And church folks, not the world, the church folks will tell you it don't take all of that. We're living in this was prophesied by Isaiah and that prophecy has certainly come to fruition or manifestation in our time, and our generation, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. What generation calls sin okay? And what's okay, they call it sin. What generation, oh God, I can get in trouble, but I don't want to get in trouble this early. Who put darkness before light and light for darkness? Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter? Even though the culture has opened up Pandora's box and they have said today that the word of God is outdated, it is obsolete, it's not current. And so as a result of taking that attitude, this new culture, this Pandora box that we have opened, we have now said it's okay for two men to be married. It's okay for two women to be married. But the Bible says, and we're a Bible believing church and you are a Bible believing Christian. And those of you who have tuned in, who've not made Jesus the savior of your life, I decree before this service is over, you're going to cry. What must I do to be saved? And I'm glad you're crying out because all you have to do is call out to Jesus. And he said he would answer. But this generation in which we live, they're calling right, wrong and wrong, right. They're saying it's wrong to spank your children. This generation. But the Bible says foolishness. That's why some of you are grown now and you're still foolish. But while you were a child, the Bible says that that foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. But the rod of correction will drive it far from them. And it didn't say go see a psychologist. Now, the modern psychologist says that spanking or disciplining a child, it warps their development. And I want you to know that not spanking their behind will warp their development according to the word of God. And so this generation doesn't believe in disciplining their children. We have embraced this Pandora box of a lie that has come out that somehow has said and they b- believed and embraced this philosophy to not spank your child. Well, there's some of us who've lived long enough to know that if it was not for mama's spankings, if it was not for daddy's spankings, if it was not for grandma's spankings, if it was not for grandpa's spankings, if it was not for the teacher at school spanking in the hallway, yes, we don't know where we would be yes, in jail or dead. Yes, There's a whole lot of things I thought about doing. But when I thought about the consequences of the spanking. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Yes. So now we have opened up Pandora's box. We don't believe in manners. We don't believe in honor anymore. And now you got children cussing their parents out. You got children today putting their mama and their daddy in time out. Ooh, God. Mama, I don't like what you said. Get in the corner and stay there till I tell you to come out. And they're doing it. One country said, what I love about America is how they how the parents in America obey their children. Yes, sir. It's true. Oh, Jesus. It's now, I want to help you. Uh, could they put up my example that I had about the, the body, uh, the soul and the spirit? Can, can, can they put that on the screen? I want our viewing audience. Oh, God, you, you, you got to see this. I, I said, you, you, you have to see this. Notice this illustration that I put together, it says what? Body, soul, and the core of it is what? Is spirit. Notice in the illustration that the body circles everything. That's your physical body, your physical body, where most people give most of their attention. You know, they'll pump iron and you know, and eat certain things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, they will run and do all kind of things for the body. But notice the body circles the soul. Your soul is where your emotions, your will, uh, your imagination, uh, your mind. So your your the body. Your body encompasses your soul, your mind, your will your your imagination and your emotions. So in the soulless part of man, we're a tripart being. We, ha, we, ha, we are spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. But notice your body. Everybody can see your body. They can see your body. And your body houses your soul and your spirit. Are, are we together? Now, Look at the illustration. You have a body. You have a soul. Which consists of your mind. Your emotions. Your will. And your imaginations. Your soul is part of your being. Which consists of your mind. Your emotions. Your will. What else did I say? And your imagination. Notice that your soul is not your body your body is your physical body but your soul consists of your mind your will your emotions your imagination that's where that's involved in your soul but the part of you and we don't won't we'll go there today the bible says if any man be in christ he is a new creation Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Talking about this born again experience. Well, in this born again experience, you got to get this class. Keep the illustration up, please. In your born again experience class, nothing happened to your body. You remember that? You remember when you got saved? If you were 215 pounds and you got saved, after you got saved, you were still 215 pounds. Are you listening to me if your mind wasn't straight even after you accepted Jesus your mind didn't get straight because in the born again experience God didn't do anything with your body. He didn't do anything with your soul your mind your will your emotions and your imaginations the thing that God changed that eternal part of you which was your spirit it was recreated it was born again. It, it was it was it was it was born into a a, a a state where it's just like God the spirit of God literally literally the spirit of God literally uh breathed on your your spirit and caused your spirit to come alive you remember adam the Bible says that God formed him from the dust of the ground. He shaped him. He did all the things. And the Bible says that he, what? he breathed the breath of life. In other words, God, God breathed into him spirit. And when he received spirit, he became alive. That's why when God calls your spirit home, your body flops to the ground. Because your life flows from your spirit. Are, are you all listening to me now? Now, I asked them to purposefully to keep my illustration up there because I want you to notice. That your spirit, which is the core of your being, notice that your spirit doesn't touch your body. And notice if your spirit is going to have any influence. Ooh, God. If your spirit is going to have any influence on your body, it's got to go through your soul. Notice that your soul touches the body and the spirit. Come on, you got to get this class. I I pray that your eyes will open because now you're going to begin to see where your real battle, your real warfare is. Your your real warfare is not the devil. Your real warfare is in your soul. Okay, go real quick. Go to Third John two. Go to Third John two. Third John two, page ten seventy eight. Look look at uh, look at verse two. I told you to go to third John, third John two. There we are. Look what, what John says. He says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Prosper how? In all things. And he's talking about financial prosperity. Why? Because it is not the will of God for a child of God to be poor. The reason you have, oh God, the reason you have outward poverty is because you have inward poverty. Oh Jesus. Jesus said the poor you'll have with you always, but he didn't say your name. Come on now. See, the reason, don't, don't get upset, stay with me now. I'm trying to help you. The reason You don't have enough manifested prosperity is because you don't have enough manifested prosperity. And the devil will work overtime to make sure you're listening to your favorite radio station, you know, popping and grooving. Because all of those things don't develop your mind the way it needs to be developed so that you can have the life that Jesus paid the price for you to have. He'd love for you to just be reading comic books and telling jokes and lying and scheming and jiving and and just watching a bunch of foolishness. Because if you put foolishness in, you get foolishness out. So, so prosperity is not the color of your skin. Prosperity is not the side of town that you live on. Prosperity is the condition of your mind. If your mind change, your circumstances will change. And your circumstances are going to change to the degree that your mind changes. If you won't tolerate it in your mind, you won't tolerate it in your life. Jesus. So whatever is going on in your life today, it is because you are tolerating it. And you are tolerating it because of the way you think. Oh, God, if you give a man a bunch of money and you don't change his mind, it won't be long. He'll lose it. Why? Because his mind hasn't been developed to the degree where he will know how to handle money to make more money. And so because his mind hasn't been developed, you give him a bunch of money and he goes out and buy rabbit's foot and furs. He goes out and buy a Mercedes and put mink on the dashboard and foxtails on the exhaust pipes. It's nothing wrong with that. It's just he's, he's, he or she, they are just expressing to you outwardly what is going on in the mind. Is this helping anybody? I said, is this helping anybody? Notice the body. The outer circle is your body. Put it back up. There we go. Notice you can see the body. You can see and feel the body. Yes. You, you, can, you can see. You know whether you, you know, you're getting larger. You're getting smaller. You can feel the body. You can do certain things. And you can feel things. Notice the, the, the next circle. The soul. The soul is the inner part. It can't be seen, but can be felt. Notice your soul, it can't be seen, but it can be felt. That's where your emotions are. And you can feel things. And just because you can feel it doesn't mean that it's real. But the body, you can not only see it, but you can feel it. And then the soul, you can't see it, but you can feel it. I want to say it again. The body, you can see it, and you can feel it. The soul, you can't see it, but you can feel it. Oh, Jesus. But your spirit, the core of you, the real you, it cannot be seen nor felt. The spirit part of you, it cannot be seen nor felt. That's why we struggle with the reality if the spirit is really real. Because we have this tendency to only to believe things that registers on our five senses. Yes, sir. And the body, you can tap in to the five senses. To some measure, even with your soul, but you cannot do it with your spirit. Is this helping anybody at all? So it's my prayer today that God would help us look at third John again. Verse two, you got to see this third John verse two, beloved. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul. Oh my, just as your soul prosper. Hmm. So your body doesn't really control anything, and that's all we talk about today: is the body, working out the body, getting the body fit. We, we paint the body, uh, you know. We 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 uh, we inject stuff into the body. We 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 suck stuff out of the body. Uh, we, we go into gyms to work out the body. Uh, we buy clothes that we think will fit. The, I mean, we do all kinds of things for who jesus for the body but your body doesn't really control anything it just goes with the flow your body doesn't control really anything your body just simply goes with the flow what it sees what it can taste what it can hear the body just go with the flow it just go what it sees. It'll just go with what it can, what it feels, what it can taste, what it can smell. The body will just simply go with the flow. So unless otherwise, you're influenced by your soul. In other words, if you don't do something with your soul, your body will just go. Your body will just go with the flow. If you don't do anything with your soul, you can be a born again child of God. But if you don't do anything with your soul, your body will just go with the flow. And, and when we look at people who are Christians and they've been saved for a long, long time and, and they act, they're still acting like babies. Uh, uh, Paul said, you're at a place now where you should be teachers. Uh, you still need to be taught where you should be eating meat. You're still needing milk. It's because their bodies are dominating them. And so, uh, you know, they feel good today. They don't feel good tomorrow. They, they, you know, they're sometimes up. They're sometimes down. Everything about their life is how they feel. And all their friends operate the same way. Because when they get around their friends, they say the same thing. How you feeling today? It has not have nothing to do with how I feel. I tell you what. Uh, go to work based upon your feelings. And it won't be long, you'll be Unemployed. Why? Because you can't go according to what you feel, your emotions. They, they vacillate. They, they're like a roller coaster up and down. But, but when you don't do something uh, with the word of God to do something with your soul, with your mind, your body will just go with the flow. It'll respond to what it sees. It'll respond to what it smells. It'll respond to what it hears. It'll just respond to what it touches. And it will rob you. Of the best that God has available for the people of God. So your real spiritual conflict. Your real spiritual warfare is between spirit and your flesh. Your spirit. Notice the core of your existence. Because your spirit man the core of who you really are. It loves God. And it wants to obey God. But for the spirit to have his expression in the earth, it has to flow through the soul. And so John says, relative to the degree that you develop your soul, man, that will determine how you will live. If you don't develop your mind, you will live a life that will express that your mind has not been developed in the things of God. I'm teaching and preaching better than you're responding. Now that you're born again, your greatest challenge will be learning how to walk in the spirit. Letting what God has done through the new birth, letting what God has done uh, in the new birth, in your spirit man. Allowing what God has done on the inside of you to dominate you more than your physical and your emotional realm. So if you don't allow the spirit man, the real you to dominate, your emotional realm will dominate your life. The physical realm will dominate your life. Oh, Jesus. Yes, this is great teaching. Look at 2 Corinthians. And I'm almost finished. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh Jesus! If somebody would have taught me this years ago, because I thought that once I accepted Jesus, I'm born again. I thought that was it. But who oh, God? The only thing God will do is He will, because He's spirit. He will do something with your spirit. He recreates your spirit. But your soul and your body, you have to do something with it. Are you in Second Corinthians chapter five? Look at verse. Number seven, for we walk by what? For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by not by sight. So, so we don't walk according to the flesh. We walk according to the spirit. We walk according to the word. Well, it's going to be impossible for you to walk by faith. And not walk by what you see. If your soul man. Is dominating your life. In a way. That is not conducive. For the blessings. And the promises of God. To come to pass. In your life. To walk by faith. Is to take God. At his word. To walk by faith. Is to take God. At his word. Faith. Is taking God. At his word. Faith. Say that with me. Faith. Is taking God. At his word. Oh. Proverbs 23, seven, as we try to close. Proverbs, I pray that you're going to see it in a a different way now. Proverbs 23. Can you all handle this? I said, can you handle this? Listen, I don't have to know what you think about how to live or how you should live. All I have to do is come over to your house and see how you're living. When I see how you're living, it will tell me how you think. Oh, Jesus. You see, oh, I'm going to make a couple of people mad, but this will wake you up. You see, for you to get out of bed, leave your house and don't make the bed It's because that's how you think. Now another person who don't think that way to leave their house and the bed not made would agitate them. Why? Why is it agitating one and not agitating another? It's it's how you think. Well, let me bring it home a little closer. Um, I don't have a problem going to bed with dishes in the sink. You know, you know, you know, I, I'll stack them up, you know, maybe rinse them and put them, you know, I can get them in the morning. My wife can't stand it. I, I don't I don't I don't really know, you know, what you think the dishes are going to do in the sink while you sleep. But <laughs> and, and she will give me that look like, you know, how were you raised that you're OK going to bed? And she would say, I don't want to come home. And see dishes in the sink. What, what, why is she that way? It doesn't bother me. Don't read to God. Thank God I don't have anything to do with salvation. But it doesn't bother me. But, but because of the way she thinks. Man she. It's almost like it's gospel. You know that the dishes have to be washed. Before you go to bed. Now, you know, I think when you brush your teeth that you ought to squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom. Are you listening? That's how I think. My wife, when she uses the toothpaste, she'll just squeeze it in the middle. And I don't understand how she can do that. Everybody who's thinking correctly know that you squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom. Now, I know I'm being a little sarcastic, but I'm just trying to get you to see that the way you are living is a reflection of how you think. And your living will never rise any higher than your thoughts. Your living will never rise any higher than your thoughts. Uh, it's just like a big city. You ever been to a big city? Uh, and a small city, a small town. Anybody ever been to a small town? The only difference between a big city and a small town is how the people think. The small town remains a small town because the people who live there wanted to remain a small town because that's how they think. And every big city used to be a small town. Are you listening to me? So if you're living in a small place and you're wanting to go to a larger place, all you have to do is change your thinking. Oh, God, you're in Proverbs 23, verse seven. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as he continue to think in his heart, so does his life remain. Your life does not change until you change the way you think. And so when God comes in, he comes into our spirit. And then he gives the assignment. Paul makes it so emphatically clear. He said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye, Romans 12, but be ye transformed by the what? By the renewing of your mind, your soul. And then he goes on to tell us what to do with our bodies. He told us to present our bodies as a what? A living sacrifice. But there's no way that you can present your body if your soul is out of control. Ooh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? When your soul has not been renewed, your mind hasn't been transformed, then your body will do whatever it sees. It'll do whatever it can feel. It will just go with the flow and your life will be jacked up as a child of God. Even though you be a child of God, the blessings of God will not be manifesting in your life. Though you are a child of God, you'll be living in poverty and you'll be tolerating sickness and disease. And the Bible says in Galatians 3 verse 13 that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? The curse of the law is not the Ten Commandments. The curse of the law is the first five books of the Bible. We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. We have been redeemed through Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus, the abundant life belongs to every child of God. But to have that a better life, that abundant life to manifest in our lives, we have to renew our minds. Is this helping anybody? I said, is this helping anybody? So as long as your flesh is contrary, meaning opposing is become an opposing enemy to your spirit. So as long as your flesh, this body is an opposing enemy to your spirit, you will always live in conflict. And this is your spiritual warfare. This is your spiritual warfare. I said, this is your spiritual, your spiritual warfare It's to renew your mind. The Bible says that we have, we are spirit. We have a soul and we live in this physical body. And John third, John two, it says to the degree that you develop your soul, your soul, man, It's your soul, man, that's causing you all of these problems. It is your soul, sister, that is causing you to make all of these bad decisions. It is your soul, brothers and sisters, that's got your life all jacked up. But if you will begin to renew your mind with the word of God and start doing those things that are pleasing in his sight. The word of God says that God will withhold no good thing from those who walk uprightly. But you can't walk uprightly if your soul is jacked up, if your mind is confused, if you're holding something in your heart that needs to be released to God. That's why one of the most dangerous things that you can do to your heart, to your soul, is harbor a, a, a spirit of offense. Listen to me, you'll never walk in the blessings of God if you're mad at people and holding something in your heart toward people because when you hold something in your heart toward somebody, it doesn't jack their lives up, it jacks yours. Is this this good? It's your spirit. and That's why Satan will fight you over time in your mind. In the spirit of your mind to try to keep you confused, to try to keep you carnal. That's why he will fight you to do everything to make sure you don't study, that you don't spend time in the word of God, that you don't spend time with the Lord. Why? So that your mind won't be the way it needs to be for you to walk in victory. Oh, man. If your spirit, my brothers and sisters, if you come to a place where your spirit and your soul agree you experience the life of God. When, when, when you renew your mind with the word of God, your renewed mind will agree with your recreated spirit. And when your spirit and your soul agree, it will take control and express itself through the body. Are you listening to me? Why? Because there's power in agreement. So if your soul And your spirit are agreeing your flesh don't have a chance to do what it want to do, to do what it feel like doing. Are you listening to me? The expression that will come out of your body will only be the things that have has come out of the flow of your of the core of your being, your recreated spirit. And notice you can't you can't improve your spirit, man. You can only improve your soul and your body. You cannot improve your spirit, man. That's the part of you that where God did a transformation. That's where you were recreated. It was in your spirit, man. And in your spirit, it's just like God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. It dwells in you. That same power. Well, how come we don't see a greater expression the reason we're not seeing the greater expression from this power that is in the core of our being is because we got to get this soul man right. we got to get our soul man, our mind, our emotions, our imagination, and our will, we got to get it lined up, amen, with the Spirit of God. And when we do that, we'll start seeing the supernatural happen in our lives. You'll refuse to be poor. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you'll be poor no more. You won't tolerate sickness or disease. And spiritual death is not a question. Because if you're born again, you're, amen, you're guaranteed by God as an eternal spirit that when you lay down the flesh, that you're present with the Lord. Are you listening to me? Because we are an eternal spirit, eternal spirit. Is this helping anybody at all? I said, is this helping anybody at all? So do you see from the illustration, from the example of the circle of the body and the circle of the soul and the circle of the spirit, notice again that your spirit doesn't touch your body at all. And if anything is going to happen to your body, it has to flow from your soul. Uh, another thing, point I want to make, notice That your soul, which consists of your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination. Notice that it touches both of the other two parts of your tripart being. So your soul touches the body. Notice. And your soul touches the spirit. But your spirit only touches the soul. And your body only touches the soul. So for the spirit to have its greatest expression through your physical body, it has to flow through your soul. So no wonder the Bible says that as a man thinketh in his soul, in his heart, as a man develops his mind and to the degree that he develops his or her mind, that will determine how they will live. So if you're struggling with poverty, Take the word of God and create in your soul a prosperous mind because if your soul becomes prosperous then the outward manifestations of your life will become prosperous. I end where I started. Beloved I pray above all that you guard your heart that you guard your mind, that you guard your soul, guard what you allow your soul to see, guard what you allow your soul to hear, guard what you allow your soul to be involved in because it's going to affect every area of your life. The Bible says that as a man thinketh, that's how his life will be. I charge you today, To make a commitment. To spend more time in the word of God. Listening to the word of God. Meditating on the word of God. So that your mind will be transformed. And at some point. All of us will begin to think more like Jesus. And when we begin to think more like Jesus. We'll start getting the results of Christ. We'll start seeing. In our own individual lives. Miracles. Signs and wonders. And bless humanity. I pray that you were blessed today. I pray that you will bless. I pray that you're no longer confused. That your real enemy is not the devil. Your real enemy is you dealing with your soul. Your, your, your real challenge, your real spiritual warfare is for you to, to make a commitment and, and habitually spend time in the Word of God so that your mind will be renewed, so that your soul, man, will be protected, and you will experience all of what God has made available for the people of God. I bless you today. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Quarrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.